Welcome to the American Mutos Show. I am your host, Eric Mutos, on the show, Ammon Bundy. If you don't know who Ammon is, I'm excited to introduce you to him. He has been fighting for liberty for so many years. Him and his family have put it all on the line so many times, and this next story is no different. It's his character. I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to interview him. He's one of my good friends now over this last few years, and this story should be a movie. So let's just get into it. But before we get going, let me ask you a question. Have you made the switch? Are you tired of giving your money to big box woke companies that have an agenda to hurt the United States of America? Did you know that a handful of companies sell almost every product you purchase for your basic necessities for your home? Do you trust them? If the last couple of years have taught us anything, it's that we cannot trust these people. So what do we do? What if we all just stop shopping at big box stores? And we all started shopping at American companies, making American products and supporting American jobs. What if a bunch of us little guys banded together and just walked away with our dollars? I would say about 95% or more of the products that we buy at the store, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, it's all getting funneled right back up to the same exact people, the deep state. So let's stop funding them. A little over a month ago, my family finally made the switch. Why did we do it? conservative values, nearly 500 household products made in the United States of America. And another reason why I'm now shopping with these guys, they just added beef right to your door, no hormones, no mRNA into the beef. So right now go to economyunderground.com to fill out a form. Somebody from my team will contact you to make the switch. You'll have a white glove shopping experience on your first time and you'll never stray again. It feels so good to stop giving your money to woke companies. Economyunderground.com right now. Ammon Bundy, you need no introduction. I'm so thankful to have you on here. I've been watching what the state, we can say that this is the state of Idaho that is going after <laughs> you, right? I mean, this is like yeah. the deep state plus the state plus every, thank you for coming on. Yeah. So the establishment, right? The Idaho establishment. They're, uh, they don't like me anymore. Well, they never did like me, but they really don't like me now. In fact, interesting enough, and we'll get into what I'm talking about, but uh, the doctor who actually called CPS on, on baby Cyrus's parents and initiated the whole stealing baby Cyrus from his excellent parents, I actually wrote in the doctor's notes that uh, uh, baby's parents speaking about baby Cyrus, his parents, baby, baby's parents uh, are friends with Ammon Bundy for governor, running for governor, Ammon Bundy running for governor. Wow. So this is part of the notes. Yeah. It's in the doctor's notes. Okay. So let's, let's go back to somebody who has no idea what's (laughs) going on. Let's go back to the very beginning. Somebody has no idea what's happening. Um, Let's start right there. Well, I was born on September 1st, 1975. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't go that far. Uh, that'd be a terrible, boring story. Um, so last year in April, a good friend of mine who I've known for several years, 
one of my best friends. Um, his grandbaby was taken by CPS. And uh, it was completely unwarranted. Absolutely. There was not even close to any abuse, no neglect, no eminent threat, nothing. And um, so anyway, I got involved. And uh, now uh, the state, basically, the establishment through St. Luke's Hospital, who's the largest institution in Idaho with uh, you know, most employees um, re receive the most COVID money when it comes to the private entities, you know, so on and so forth, Inter interconnected with the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare. And anyway. So they're kind of like the IHC of Utah. That's exactly right. Okay. That's exactly who they are. Anyway, um, how this started was baby cyrus when he was about nine months old uh started when they started introducing solid foods to him eight nine months old he started to throw up he would throw up um and he would go through these like syndromes of throwing up and uh and then you know they could balance him and he'd, he'd get back to breastfeeding and then they'd try to do it again you know and they're working with doctors and just trying to figure this out it's not completely unheard of you know the babies sometimes will react when they try to give them solids and especially react to proteins and stuff and baby cyrus was doing that well uh when he was about nine months old he went through a, a weekend and a couple days where he was vomiting pretty bad because they were trying something new uh, again working with the doctors and they were worried about him being dehydrated so they took him to St. Luke's because St. Luke's had the ability to put IVs in a baby, take him to St. Luke's. They get him in there. They hydrate him. Everything seems good. Uh, they, you know, thought it would be a good experience. Uh, they thought they'd be in there for a few hours and then they'd be able to go home. Well, when they got him dehydrated and everything was fine and they said everything was fine, they wanted to go home and the doctor was like, uh, you can't go home. We're not going to let you go home. And they were like, why? And they're like, well, we want to monitor him for a couple more days and yada, 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 make, make it made a real big deal about this. And so they were, you know, like saying, we really want to go home. We're self-pay. We don't, you know, want insurance and that two more days in the hospital is going to be a lot of money for us. And we're concerned about that. And you already said he was okay. And then she threatened them that if they tried to uh, discharge him, that she would call CPS. And so they're like, oh, okay, no, 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 don't, don't do that. You know, that we're not here for that. You know, uh, that's the communication. Shouldn't that be, like, shouldn't that alone be against the law? I mean, that's, that violates <clears throat> conscience, number one. But when you're using an entity to say, you're going to stay here and you're going to pay us, exactly. that's a problem. Well, it is a problem and that's, but that's what, you know, they have been doing. And there's like literally this, uh, there's this resource, there's this profit uh, resource that they're using and also coercing people to pay into that because of it. And it's connected with the state and it's very, very dangerous. And I, I will give you some, I'll give you, show you how it's even more dangerous here in a little bit because of what they're doing. Um, but anyway, the family was like the mother. Remember, they're, they're like, 
this is their first child. This is the first grandchild of the family. They're like, I think 20 and 21 years old. Like they're young, maybe 19 and 20. I, I, I can't remember, but they're very young. First baby, first, first baby in the family. And, uh, and so, you know, they're, it's young and they don't want any trouble, especially CPS. And so they say, okay. So they ended up staying in there for a couple more days. However, the doctor still contacted CPS. So CPS gets involved when they're in the hospital and they're just like, what? Anyway, so then CPS, of course, starts doing their thing and they basically did what they call a body, body mass index, what's a BMI, body mass index, which is basically this chart that if you're, if you're a certain age that you should be within this range of, of weight. And he was like a couple ounces under that, like just grams, I guess is how they measure it. Well, the mother and the father, I'll bet you together, they don't weigh 210 pounds. Uh, they probably weigh less than me together. They're just little people. Well, this is a genetic thing. Well, yeah. I mean, and he did, you know, they weighed him when he first came in. He was dehydrated. I mean, that, or at least they brought him in. They were worried about him. And he'd been vomiting and throwing up. So he's going to be as low as weight as he's probably been in, in you know, weeks, if not months, or at least not a month, you know, months. That's just the reality of it. And then they come in and they say, well, he's under the BMI. So therefore, we're going to basically force ourselves on you. And they start to do that. And so they finally discharge him, discharge him. But they say, we want you to come back for weight visits and like multiple times. And so the next day, I, I believe it was the next day, the mother goes back for weight visit another time. And then Thursday or Friday rolls around and they she they have to have another mandatory weight, weight visit, but she's not feeling well. So she calls and says, I'm I'm sick, I'm not feeling well. Uh, can I reschedule? But she when she called, no one answered, so she just had to leave a message. Well, anyhow, they get this message and they put a bolo out on them for Meridian Police. And ultimately Meridian Police hunts them down and uh surrounds her vehicle with like i don't know 15 cops it's i got the it's the video if you go to freedomman.org i'll play can, it well, i'll play i'll get it and i'll play it right now okay stop there felony injury to child remember this is from everything that i that we know this was because they took the baby in and it was underweight and they didn't go back in to do the mandatory checkup where the a lot of people would be making a lot of money okay so this is miranda this is the this is the aunt of baby cyrus okay that's who is talking right now no miranda let them miranda okay i don't know if you guys heard that get your ass out of the car remember this is because this is for health and safety of a little baby child that that is in the presence by the way this is like in the presence of a child that these officers are saying this. I, I will step out. Get out of the car. Try to get out of the car. What are you doing? Daddy, okay. Daddy, okay. So you can see clearly like uh, the baby car seat in the back. It's all secured. Really nice vehicle that they're sitting in. Okay. For felony injury child, that's not my child. That's not your child. 
Okay, that's another problem. That's not your child. So these guys are police officers in the state of Idaho. They didn't check to see, like, a picture to see who the actual mom is? If it's not your child, then why are you going into, why am I putting you into handcuffs? Yeah, good that Miranda, thank you. She said you should know how to do your job better. Oh my gosh. Okay, after watching her husband ripped out of the car by force, slammed up against the truck, handcuffed and then taken away, then watching her sister be morally degraded, yanked forcefully through the window, and falsely accused of felony injury to a child and mocked for claiming that she was not Cyrus's mother. Marissa then engages with the officers. By the way, you can see this entire video at uh, what was the name? What was it? Freedomman.com. This is where all, this is who did all the 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 words on the screen. Freedomman.org. Can, 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 can I ride with him? Yes, so what I want you to do, though, is give me him. I'll let him back to you. I'll give him right back to you. Do you promise okay. me you won't let him but end these me guys are gonna make sure that you So this is an officer saying, I promise I will give him right back to you. Do you promise? I, I will promise. I'll stay right that. here with him. With you. Not out of my okay. sight. I will do that. Okay. But they're going to make sure you don't have any weapons okay. or anything like that. Okay. All right, all right. Okay. What's your name? I, I can't let him go. I will stand right here with you. I promise. I promise, okay? I promise. No, no, no. Okay, see this guy? He promises, makes a promise to this woman with her child that nothing's going to happen. That I will give him right back to you. I promise. No, 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 no. I promise. No, 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 no. I wouldn't let him go. I will give him right back to you. Okay? But you got to promise me. Okay? You got to promise me. Okay. Yeah, I'll right give him to you, and that you could promise me you go to hospital with me and him. We'll, we'll ride with him in an ambulance. We'll take you to the hospital, okay? You too. We, we're worried about him. Make sure he's okay. I know. So come with us. We're making sure he's okay. Checked out. So let's get that checked out, okay? They're worried about baby Cyrus's health when this guy's about 85 to 90 pounds overweight. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna talk about that in just a second. Okay. Look at the baby, completely fine, completely fine. Uh, Marissa was clearly promised multiple times that she would not be separated from baby Cyrus and that she could and would ride with them to the am in the ambulance. I will stand here right here with you. I promise you. I promise I will do that. Can I hold him? Like look, take a good look at that man. Okay. Because if you see that man in Idaho, he is a liar. This is why people don't like the cops, by the way. And I'm saying this as a former police officer myself. Can they do what you have to do? Oh, no, because they gotta check you. Okay? Can they check me while I'm holding him? Please. Oh my gosh, this no, is no, really I know they can do it. I know they can do it. Please don't let me let go of him. Marissa then is forced to wait in the freezing cold with baby Cyrus in her arms when she speaks to another officer. We're taking him to the hospital, but, but you won't take him from me. Our intent is to get him hooked up into the hospital. That is their intent. Okay, so now we're talking intent. Our, our intent is not to take your child 
Our intent is not to take away your child, but they're going to do that. Marissa is then coaxed into the ambulance without her husband or attorney who was already on site. And then she learns that it was all a lie and they were going to take Cyrus away with, and she was not going to go with shelter care hearing. Okay. On Tuesday, a man named detective Fuller, there'll be a shelter care hearing K on Tuesday. And that's, that's a hearing you'll, that, that's a hearing you're going to want to go to. So, oh yeah, you're going to probably want to go to it since it's your child, since we're going to take baby Cyrus away from you. And you're probably going to want to go to this, okay? Okay. The shelter who care makes, hearing. Who makes this decision? Will be at one o'clock p.m. Do you know who makes this decision? Who makes what decision? That he has to go into state custody. Well, yeah. the, we have. You have. Based on what the doctors have told us. Listen, I, I can't please. Okay. We go off of what all the information we can get from doctors oh, and. Okay. Stop this video. If you guys can see this, I, if you're just on the regular podcast, what? the viewers are seeing you can go to my rumble channel at eric mutos to watch this video this man's belly is hanging a lot of inches outside of his pants okay this is and i understand a lot of people in the united states are overweight why this is hypocrisy is because these people are taking away the baby for being a little bit underweight when mom and dad um both are small people these people are coming to get the baby for health issues these people whose belly is hanging over their pants, all of them. I don't even think I saw a fit cop in that video. Not one single fit cop was in that video taking away a baby for health, for, for worrying about health problems. When these guys are probably on the verge of having heart attacks themselves. I can't. I'm not going to leave him. I'm not. I'm not. This is, this is how it's going to go, okay? His belly. His his uh, bulletproof vest doesn't even fit because he's so fat. Oh, do you do you understand? He, just, he's my baby. I'm listen, not going to leave listen, him. Marissa, I'm trying to explain this to you, okay? So there will be a shelter care hearing on Tuesday at 1 o'clock. Okay? And you're going to want to attend that. You're going to want to attend that, okay? You got me out of bed, Marissa, Detective Fuller says. You got me out of bed. I was having some popcorn watching a movie and you got me out of bed, Marissa. And now you're going to probably want to attend the shelter hearing. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, look, I get really frustrated with this kind of stuff. This is why our country is falling apart because of stuff like this. This is why people don't trust the system. This is why people don't believe when government opens their mouths that they're telling the truth. The government was supposed to be there to to just kind of very limited government. But now look at what's happened. Now there, if, if a baby's underweight, when the parents go to the hospital to, to check on it, the fact that the parents took the baby in in the first place, doesn't that show? This is about money, in my opinion. This is about power. This is about control. And that's what, that's what your part of this is. Okay? That's your next step in this. We, we have no... Nobody wants to take people's children away from them. We want to get the child you, back to you, you in do. a healthy state. Yeah, you no. do. We want to make sure that kid is healthy. We want to get these kids healthy. Why can't I? Now, now, if you're just listening on the podcast, you're seeing a picture of baby Cyrus in great health. Full head of hair. Not crying. Be touching the mom. While you're doing. Touching the mom. Loving the mom. The medical work. How am I in danger to him if I'm just watching and I'm with him? Okay. Well, 
we're going to go ahead and go with just what I just did. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it doesn't even matter what you have to say, Mom. This is, this is for in the, the baby's health is most important, so we're going to rip the baby out of your arms. Never mind the, the psychological damage that's going to be done to baby Cyrus when this is about to happen. Never mind that, because this is about the physical health from a whole bunch of cops who are overweight and fat like Officer Fuller. And I'm sorry, I don't know how else to say it other than this hypocrisy of what's going on. So you're gonna, so you're gonna this teach, is, no. This, listen, no, this can't. is what, what we're gonna do, okay? So this is, this is your copy. You're gonna want this. I can't, I'm sorry, I'm not okay. gonna leave him. Well, this is how it's gonna be, okay? I can't, I can't leave him. I can't leave him, I'm sorry. Guys, I, I can't. You understand what happens when, when the state takes custody of babies? I see. They don't care, Marissa. They don't care what happens when the state takes because because you've got them out of bed on a weekend or whenever this took place. You got them out of bed. It's night. Detectives don't like to work at night, Marissa. This so many times. I can't. I can't be that next person. I can't. Okay, now Hanson comes on the scene. Detective Hanson, let me explain this to you, okay? Because I've got a show that i got to watch. I'm in the middle of a show, okay? And now Hanson's going to get mad. Okay, this is not my case. This is Detective Fuller's case, okay? But he has, made, he has made the decision to declare imminent, imminent danger, okay? Imminent danger. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I really don't want to make this worse on you. I would like... All right, now let's look at Detective Hanson's belly. Because that, that outfit doesn't work. Double chin. I, the reason why I bring this stuff up, you guys, is because it's, it's the health hypocrisy. Okay, the health hypocrisy. To get him the help that he needs right now. Okay, but that is going to entail that he goes with us in the ambulance. No. And, and you leave. If no. If it doesn't happen, then we, we arrest you. So Marissa was first promised that she would ride in the ambulance to the hospital with baby Cyrus, but now Detective Hansen whose who's belly is also hanging over his pants, is saying that if Marissa doesn't leave baby Cyrus, she will be arrested. Don't you think there should probably be um, a little bit of communication? Just a little bit? From the first overweight officer to the next overweight officer to now this third one that's getting a little impatient, Officer Hanson, detective. The officer told me that he, I could go with him in the ambulance and to the hospital. Yeah, and I don't know what was said. Uh, I don't know what was said. Was, don't care. Not a part of that conversation. You can't. You can't okay. take him. You can't. Okay. <clears throat> look at him just sitting there. Like he. Look at him. You have really offended this man. My concern today is for him. I know your <laughs> concern is for him, but I don't cause him any harm by being with him. Okay. Cam, his mother. And you, what you also understand is he only, he has difficulty with proteins. So now, now Marissa is now telling the co cops, hey, my baby has problems with proteins because. He only takes breast milk. There it is. Okay. He needs me. He needs me. He really needs me, okay? I really need your help. So now, I don't know what's happening in Hanson's face, but um, his double chin face, but. Either he's feeling the weight of conscience 
or he's getting really angry or both because truth right now is permeating. And the truth is they're about to rip a little baby out of a good mother's arms and conscience is, you see, do you see his face right now? Conscience is screaming at him. And I've been in these positions, okay? I've been in these positions. I, I've taken cars that I shouldn't have taken. That's why I get so passionate about this stuff. Like there's been a couple times where I didn't follow conscience when I was a cop. Um, not to this degree, but enough to where it ate at me. What, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say here is that this man, is, is the conscience is hitting him right now. Like I told you, I'm, I'm not the lead detective on this, okay? So, I'm so, so he, so Pontius Pilate, he's now washing his hands. That's what's happening right now. I, I, I find no fault in this, in the, this, 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 but I'm washing my hands and I have no say. But I'm going to insert myself in the conversation because I'm getting really, really irritated that I'm standing here in an ambulance with you. I'm here assisting. Is she gonna go? What are we waiting on? Yeah, let's. Thank you. All right. So, Marissa, I need you to hand over the baby to the. Wow. Well, I won't. I won't. I really Can don't you want you to go to jail tonight. I don't. But I'm telling you, if you don't allow this to happen, you're going to jail. Wow. Wow. That's not up. What a failed system that we have right now. A failed, failed system. But I. You will be placed under arrest if you do not comply with wow. what we're asking you to comply with. So if you could please hand him over so he doesn't have any further harm for us having to try and take him away from you. Absolutely, let him go. And, and I understand that you'll have a chance to get him back at some point, okay? The state's all about reunification. But right oh now, the state's all about reunification. Well, shouldn't the state be about unification from the very beginning? Instead of trying to take in, suck out all the money from the system, get their quotas. Maybe they should just be about unification and getting the hell out of people's lives in the first, in the first place. Okay. And I really don't want to have to forcibly remove him. From oh my gosh. But if that's the case, I will do that and you will go to jail. So you have one option at this point. You need to give him to the EMT and you can go on your merry way. Oh, if I was in that place, it wouldn't matter. If I was the father and you can go on your merry way, you are an asshole, Hanson. That's what you are. And I don't say, I say that exactly for what it is. You are an asshole. And if anybody is up in Idaho and they know this Hanson guy, you tell them that I said that. What an unbelievably disgusting thing to say. With your friends and your family who's out there. That's not merry at all. Or... I remove him from you and you go to jail. You need to make that decision. You need to make it now, please. I won't let him go. Okay. Go ahead and jump out of the way for me. Baby Cyrus is then stripped out of Marissa's arms and Marissa is arrested, handcuffed, and humiliated while male officers grope her, stick her hands up her blouse, and down her pants. So this is coming from freedomman.org as reference. Um, clearly there's no weapons there. Oh my gosh. Are you in charge here? Who's in charge on scene? I don't know who's saying this here. The gentleman with the paper. Can you explain to me what her charges is? Why not? 
Why not? Let's take a look at the uh, a photo of. Let's take a, a, a look at the photo of this family. Wow! You got to you've got to play this video. It'll blow you away because they surround them completely, act like they're criminals. They yank the father, slam against the vehicle, handcuff him, yank the aunt out, thinking she's the aunt, rough her up. This is the kind of Are stuff. They, I mean, you know my background, right? This is the yeah. kind of stuff that boils my blood. I, I've seen a couple uh, police officers from Idaho in the last little bit. The first one was during COVID up in that up at that park. The second yep. one was how they were treating you at the Capitol. And now this, like, what is wrong with Idaho police? Well, right now? Also, Idaho was the was the first state and besides Florida, the only state that arrested pastors for having church services uh, during COVID. Oh and gosh. in fact. Yeah, in fact, they had church service outside, but because they didn't wear a mask, they were they arrested the pastors. That's right. And, yeah, you remember that? And this is just what we're hearing about. Yeah, yeah, there's other incidents. Well, what happened, Eric, what's happened in Idaho, not to get too far off topic, but what's happening in Idaho is because it's been so one party for so long, there's become an establishment that is deep-rooted and has extreme power, and they become tyrannical. But because there's been one power, meaning one party, that has controlled the state for so long, and there hasn't been, and the, the people just go down to the voting booth and vote R, 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 that, and the R is has become more liberal and more tyrannical than than a D would have been, and there's no check and balancing. So our governor is a liberal who believes it that he that it's so okay is to. So is the Utah governor. I mean, he used, yeah, the Utah governor uses pronouns. You, you, the Utah is somewhat like Idaho, but it, Utah's bigger, and but where it's so Republican, and there's not a a huge balance of power that. They have been able to get away, and they're such an ignorant population. I mean, I'm talking about a, a voter intelligence mm -hmm. uh, that, that that if the party says, you know, if, if you say you're a Republican and you're accepted by the party, then you're going to get elected pretty much no matter who you are. And so, you know, our the last the well, we just got a new Republican Party leader, and she's actually pretty good. But the the one before the the one before her. He was actually arrested for, I even hate to say it, masturbating in front of his estranged wife outside a window with well, a wig on. Totally, but this is 2023, I mean, I mean this is yeah. this is totally with a wig appropriate. On. The the leader, one of the leaders of the of the Republican parties here, one of the senators that's been here forever. He he was he was investigated twice for going to the girls' bathrooms at high school. Another one was arrested in Minnesota in an airport for soliciting gay sex. I mean, the list goes on and on. Another one, an up and rising one, was arrested for domestic violence because he was threatening to kill himself with a knife in front of his kids. But, I mean, the, going, but, they, is, but they want you in jail, Ammon. But they yeah, want, but they, you're, you're the one that belongs in jail because you're exposing yeah. all of this stuff. Well, I'm, I ran against them and I did all this exposing, you know, and they they were thinking that, you know, I was going to get like 
three to five percent is what they said, and I pulled in almost twenty percent. I bet it was more than that. Well, I mean, that's what the yeah, you know, that's what the actual vote was. Well, I'm uh, talking but, about with the machines. I just don't. I don't even <laughs> believe these. You know what I mean? Anyhow, so back to the story. They surrounded this family, and and uh, you know, roughed up the father. I mean, this is these are just good, honest. Un- unbelievably good people just the normal people like that and uh now they're being roughed up the aunt was drug out the the other vehicle they thought the other door they thought that she was the mom they arrested her for uh felony uh what do they call it felony uh injury to a child okay so she doesn't go and get the baby checked and so they send the they they send out this hit on them have they, do you think they've ever done an abortion in that hospital? Oh, well, listen to this. This hospital is only is a one out of only thirteen hospitals that perform tr- transgender surgeries oh my gosh. Oh my on gosh. minors. On oh my minors, gosh. This transgender is, surgeries. On this is minors. why I asked the question. It's like the level of hypocrisy when it comes to the health and safety of children. Yeah. There's it's only like, thirteen hospitals in the united states oh, that'll perform God. transgender surgeries on minors and boise st luke's is one of them all for money yeah. this is this is a this is a racket bro there's no doubt about it this is a full-on racket so okay so then you hear word you hear that this is happening it gets on your radar what do you do so the, the mother actually calls me while it's happening because she's terrified and she knew you know that i would act and do something so I told her to stay with the baby, do everything you can to stay with the baby. They lie to her and say that she could stay with the baby. She's worried because she's breastfeeding, right? And she he can't take anything else. And uh, so they lie to her and said she can go with them. They get her in the, the ambulance. And then they say, you give us the baby and you leave or we're going to arrest you. They actually say this, Eric. This will make you so mad. You've got to watch the video. They tell her, give us the baby and you can go on your merry way. Wow. And she says, she's just crying. And she says, that doesn't sound very merry to me. And then they rip the baby out of her hands and handcuff her and book, book her in Ada County Jail for obstruction of justice. Gosh. This is where yeah. we're at. You know, hey, gang, this is where we're at in the United States of America. And the story just keeps getting better. Oh, um, you, you got to hear It just keeps so. getting better. So you think, well, oh, they're going to take the baby to the hospital, right? They have an ambulance. They're going to take the baby to the hospital because, you know, they somehow believe that he needs medical care. But that's not the plan at all. We have the full discovery now. They were never planning on taking the hospital to be admitted for medical care. They're taking the hospital to the hospital to transfer him to foster parents. Foster parents were waiting for him there. They were just going to transfer him. Take him, they just take him out of the parents' hands, find a good place in the hospital to transfer him to to the foster parents. This quickly without <laughs> judges and without a whole a whole process. This this quickly. Well, I mean, I there was a judge involved somewhere, but you know, she just rubber stamps everything. Oh my and, gosh. I mean, there was no there was never any evidence of neglect. There's no neglect. These are unbelievably good parents, good people. There was no neglect, not nothing. There was no abuse, nothing. There was no imminent threat, nothing. 
And then they, they strip this baby away from hand and they're just going to give them to a, a new parents, I guess, that the state says new parents. Well, anyhow, the thing is, is I kind of figured that they were going to go to Meridian St. Luke's because of where they arrest him and who they did it. Sure enough, they did. So about just a few minutes after the ambulance showed at the hospital, myself and probably about 20 other people from People's Rights showed up there. and We started demanding that they give the baby back and they created enough ruckus outside that the foster parents and the CPS were afraid to transfer the baby and go that route. So they decided that in their own words, that they would break some protocol and bring the ambulance to another entrance or out back and sneak the baby out and take him to the Boise St. Luke's. Uh, so that's what they did. And uh, so they get, and we actually were watching. So we knew where he went. So we had people around the hospital watching and they followed him, followed the ambulance to Boise St. Luke's. So that next morning, well, so anyway, they arrested me there that night for trespassing. Oh my God. And book me, book me in the Ada County Jail. I get out. The next morning, we do a call to action through people's rights. Next morning, we have like 400, over 400 people at Boise St. Luke's Hospital outside. And we're just peacefully protesting on, on the street. And, um, and we began to put a ton of pressure on the judge. We started going to their homes, the detectives that called this, the CPS agents that made this call, the doctors, everybody putting pressure, calling elected representatives. And we, it took us a huge movement. Now, th what normally happens is they have what they call a, uh, I mean, some hearing, you know, a week or so or a few days after they take the baby. Uh, and then that hearing goes, and then they usually don't have another one for, for like two months. Well, that was the plan. They had the hearing on Wednesday, and they said, well, we're going to keep the baby. Another hearing wasn't scheduled for like, I think it was another month and a half. So they're just supposed to be okay with their baby being taken until some judge decides that, you know, we can have another hearing, talk about it. Not even no promise, just we talk about it. And how long well, has this been going on? How long has this been oh, going this on? This has been before? going on for decades. And, and I'll give you the motive behind it all, too. But let me just tell the story. So anyhow. Uh, but we, you know, the people and people's rights and everybody else, uh, Health Freedom Idaho, Freedom, you know, uh, Freedom Man, all of these organizations, if you will, got together and. Uh, and of course, the people and people's rights were pretty serious about, you know, making sure the right people understood what was really going to happen and what was going on. And they finally, uh, well, they finally, after six days, um, got the baby back, which is unheard of, unheard of. But we're 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 literally protesting nonstop, and we're going to the judge's house in front of her, you know, yard, you know, on the street, so it's legal. We're going to the CPS worker's house, CPS office. We're going to the detectives who call, caused the whole, or who basically initiated the, the force side of it. We're going to, um, you know, all these key players, uh, the doctors. Signs, like what does it look like on the outside of these homes? Signs, uh, just yeah, signs. Like Okay. Well, you know, we're maintaining a presence at the hospital and at these homes 
every day. P- okay, so peaceful protest, but they're 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 afraid of this, right? We're we're in their neighbors. We're passing out flyers to all their neighbors and all their neighborhoods, saying this is what your neighbor did. I mean, wow. you know, because the 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 reason why we do this, and people don't like it, and I don't blame them, right, for not liking it. But the reason why we do it is because there is no accountability. There's no way that people can hold a judge accountable. Period. They police themselves, they protect themselves. And so the the ability to hold a judge accountable or to hold an officer accountable or to hold a CPS agent worker accountable is so difficult and so arduous that it never happens. Plus, it's always them that have to approve whether they're going to be held accountable or not. Well, so when you go to their doors and you go to their neighbors, you just you just held you're holding them accountable in a peaceful way. And it's the reason why our founders gave us the right to peacefully assemble, the right to agree of our government, the right to speak, all of these things. And it works. So people can hate me if they want for doing it or for organizing. One thing it. that I've the one thing that I've been critical of is because of the I I believe the deep state is so unbelievably wicked that they send in, let's say you're there with, you know, 20 guys, they send in someone that looks like you, like an agent provocateur, and then they chuck a rock through somebody's house and then you go down for them. Well, yeah, and that could happen, but, but, uh, you know, and that certainly can happen, but, and it's never, it's actually never, never happened. I've done this many, many times, never happened. It certainly could, but. Yeah, and you're never, you're never armed, right? You're never armed. No, that that could happen when we're on the street. They could, you right. know, they could push somebody in the street or they could throw a rock at a car or they could do what, you know, but so you have to take that risk. You know, you have to take that risk. Okay. But, so go on. So keep going. So anyway, six days we get him back, but there's a little more that I need to back up in between because when they took baby Cyrus, remember his only source of food was his mother. Well, so they take him to the, Boise St. Luke's, and of course, they feed him a bottle. He throws it up. We've got medical records saying that they found him laying in his vomit. We've got pictures of where his face was burnt from the, his own acid, stomach acid. And and then we got pictures of him where they putting IVs, trying to get IVs all over in him. So he's got needle you know, bruises all over him. And then they put a nasal feeding tube down his down his. Uh, nostril and his throat and all of this is to be to try to compensate for his mother's breast milk when she's literally right outside the hospital crying and begging them to let her in to feed him do you know how much they get funded to do something like this have you kind of gone into like a case like how much they get funded like a case i'm just thinking of how this is tied to money yeah so Absolutely. Um, they get about, so the, the hospital is it's very interesting because CPS gets about $40,000 for just taking a child. And then the, child. the longer, yeah, then the longer they have him each month, they get more and it comes from the federal government. Okay. Each month they have him. And if he's like got a sickness or disability, they get more. Uh, like a Down syndrome, they get more, right? Or or if they have medical issues, they get more. So that's CPS. They're completely motivated by the federal by federal funding to 
to simply take babies. And in Idaho, they take four a day, average of four a day. Okay. So now this is the other thing. St. Luke's, they take the baby if, if there's anything and, and, and a huge amount of children are taken through the hospital, right? As soon as the state takes custody, then all of a sudden now St. Luke's can, can build the state and the federal government through Medicare and Medicaid for every service. And they literally become, they, 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 they have their, you know, their wristband with their barcode and they just blink, blink, blink. And they become like a, a profit center, each baby for these hospitals. And I mean, the, the bill that they racked up on, on uh, baby Cyrus was tremendous. I think it, I think it's like $60,000 or something. Uh, in just the few days they had him. And then the state gets, you know, $40,000 plus whatever. All because and, baby Cyrus was dehydrated in a few ounces underneath their, their weight. And that she didn't, she didn't follow their exact orders. Yeah. To, to bring him in. To way, to way. She didn't <laughs> show up to a doctor's appointment. So that's where we're at. If you don't show up to a doctor's appointment, we're going to send the police surround you and take your baby indefinitely. And, <laughs> Gosh. So the, the the average child is taken is like ends up being like uh, I think around four months. So it's a miracle that we. Well, got this about seems it. like this seems like a a child trafficking to a whole nother level. Well, it really is. So in the definition of you know, kidnapping is when you take a child you know illegally or unlawfully you know however you want to say it. They don't mean the same, but uh, you take a child. Well, that's kidnapping. Well, then if you take a child unlawfully for money that's child trafficking that's what that's i mean exactly yeah, what i'm not doing. just talking about sex i'm talking about for yeah. money for money that's We're what not, it seems yeah, that's what it seems to be happening right now it's let, no let, doubt let, let the let the listener decide yeah so we'll let them we'll let them decide yeah so um so anyhow we ended up getting him back and it was a miracle and the state ended up, you know, having to dismiss the case because they had no cause. Uh, they ended up having to dismiss the criminal case against the aunt and against the mother. They had no cause. And then St. Luke's. Uh, so now and there was nothing they could do criminally about our protesting. Everything we did was legal. Everything we did was above water, well, well protected within our rights. So they couldn't charge us criminally. So then St. Luke's, which is basically the largest private establishment, or it is the largest private establishment in Idaho, part of IACI, which is the establishment lobbyist group, uh, hires the one of the most powerful law firms in the Western United States, Holland and Hart, which is the establishment, Governor Little, Lieutenant Governor, IACI's attorney, law firm. They hire them. And then they sue Diego and I, who's the grandfather, for defamation. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now, at first, they said, well, we only want 300000 total, and uh, we're going to give it to a charity. But what happened was, is I decided that the best way to go about litigating this case, because they were, it was 300000 they were suing Ammon Bundy. Am Bundy for governor and people's rights. And then they were suing Diego Rodriguez, which is baby Cyrus's grandfather. 
because he spoke out, right? He was very vocal. Diego what, were some of the things he, what were some of the things he was saying? Oh, he was, he was just giving the flat out facts. He was talking about what happened. He was talking about St. Luke's, about how they're not taking care of his baby, his grandbaby. You know, they had, they had pictures of where he had acid burns on his face because he was laying in his own vomit. These are the things that he's been saying. He's been talking about the money they get by taking babies, where it comes from, all of that. That's what he was saying. He was very vocal, like I was, about getting that baby back. Now, my only goal was just to get that baby back. And I was just going, then I went back to campaigning. Um, you know, he kind of continued like, you know, we can't let this happen again. And I agree with him. Um, but they sued both of us. And so they sued him. And then uh, he had two entities that they sued as well. Freedom Man, Freedom Man Pack. Wow. So this is like, was, this is like, this is, this should be a movie in itself. Like this should be its own um, documentary about abuse of power, in my opinion. It, it's insane, completely insane. So uh, anyway, the so I decided that so my I knew that people's rights wasn't an entity, so I did I didn't think that they were ever going to be able to get any money out of people's rights. It's not a legal entity. It's a network. It's like a, you know, phone tree on, on steroids. So, you know, there, it's not, wasn't, it's not incorporated. It's not a church. It's not a nonprofit. It's not, you know, a political organization. It's not a LLC or a corporation. It's not a it's person. It's just an so, idea. Yeah. It's so I'm like, good luck trying to collect from them. And then, you know, everybody for governor is, was is over like you know i closed that entity with the state secretary of state in december of 2022 well yeah, i'm like so the most they're going to get out of me is fifty thousand dollars i go well that it would be cheaper just to take uh, a, a default judgment than to try to hire attorneys for the next several years and fight this largest uh you know institution in idaho with literally billions they're like a four and a half billion dollar a year uh company and um and so i decided that i was just going to allow the judge to default and she has the judge had an obligation if i don't show up to default me uh but she didn't she actually broke the law and did not default me and kept the case going and allowed saint luke's to amend the complaint four times and rack up an over half a million dollar legal bill, anywhere from a half a million to a million dollars legal bill, uh, and amend the complaint four times and go from 300000 to $7.5 million. Oh, my gosh. And then she issued an arrest warrant because she put a gag on order on us. And I kept talking about the case, you know, just like this. And so she issued an arrest warrant, a civil arrest warrant. Remember, this is a lawsuit. This is a civil case. This isn't a criminal case. She issued a civil arrest warrant, uh, a warrant for my arrest. I do, I've never heard. I've never heard of anything like this. This is this is like, I've never heard of the, anything like this. This is the first time I've ever heard that they could even do this. It's just what they do with the law. You know what the 
with the force of law now is whatever they want. It's whatever a judge wants now, whatever they think goes. There is no law. There is no rules. You know, they just throw them out the door and then they think, well, I'll deal with them later. And then the other judges who are supposed to correct me, they'll they'll protect me. And so they just do whatever they want. So, you know, I refuse to participate in that court. I will not legitimize it or refuse. And they have an obligation to default. And uh, so that's where we're at. But, but so they they came to arrest me at my home. And I we activated the People's Rights Network. People started coming, pretty much shoot off the sheriff's department. And now they've just been watching me and kind of protecting me in my own home while I'm trying to navigate through this. And uh, I filed with the federal courts, the U.S. courts, um, basically that they all take up this case because it's a major, major civil rights violation. Uh, and uh, there's other things uh, that cause it to be a federal, have federal government have jurisdiction, just hoping that maybe somehow I'll get some relief that way. Oh my gosh, man. So, so oh my gosh, is there anything else you want to add to this? Because well, I, have, I have so much to say. It's just, it's, this is overwhelming. I just had no idea how abusive this, this has gotten. Well, Eric, I, just so you know, I had during COVID for the COVID stuff, I was arrested eight times. I've been arrested eight times. I've never, you know, damaged anything, hurt anybody, done nothing. I mean, I was arrested for, for things like when I was at the Capitol building, just peacefully sitting in an open room at five o'clock. Right, the and they made rules closed. around you. I remember they made they rules around you. They literally changed the closing time from seven o'clock to five o'clock because of me, came in and then trespassed me. <laughs> yeah, I remember Every that. Every officer in my trial said that I never broke any rules and I was not disrupted. Every single officer, even though they're witness against me. But anyhow, then when I went to go to uh, to try or to yeah, my trial for that in March of 2020, 20, no, 2021, went to show up there and they have they had a mask mandate and they wouldn't let me in to my own trial. And then while I am there, Trying to get into my own trial, they came out. Twelve sheriff's deputies came out and arrested me. Yeah, and they drug you in without a mask. No, listen, they arrested me, Eric, for failure to appear. Oh my gosh! And then they drug me in without a mask, <laughs> and they didn't take me to the courtroom to my trial. They took me to the Ada County Jail, where I sat in the cold box for oh thirty-six hours. Oh my gosh! Dude, I can't, I don't, I don't this even know. This is what's been going on in Idaho in my life for the last two, you know, three, two and a half, three years. Okay. So for some of you, so for some of you that are thinking, well, why, why am, and why does he, why does he do this? If he doesn't do this, who else is going to do it? If he doesn't say something, who else is going to, it's going to change. There's going to be a hundred more baby Cyruses. There's going to be a, a hundred more. This is why I am. And this is why. This is why I look up to Ammon so much. There's very few people uh, on planet Earth, especially in America, that I actually look up to, and Ammon is one of them. And 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 so Ammon, I I want to let you know how much I love you and your family. What can we do to help you at this point? There's got to be something that like maybe a listener that's hearing this can do something, like whether it's financially. What what can we do to help you? <laughs> well, I've been. 
driving people, you know, the people's rights. Because, I mean, I'll just tell you a story. And I believe, Eric, that, and I have lots of evidence. I have tried to prove myself wrong for the last decade that we, I, I thought that we could use the tools that our founders gave us and correct these things. I believe we're too far gone. And I'm just going to say it. I do not believe that there's anything that's going to stop these people from doing what they're doing, except through full-on force. Okay? So I say that. However, you know, we only can act in defense. It's unrighteous. It's wrong to... Uh, to go on the offense. So anyhow, saying that, we are going to see more and more where the law is going to, the law is just going to completely fail us. And people are going to have to more and more come together to secure each other's liberties and life and, and property and pursuit of happiness. And that is what's going to happen. It's going to happen over and over. We're going to see the only way that we're going to get any relief is when communities unite, say no, and then defend themselves. Now, I might be talking a decade down the road, maybe I'm not, but I promise you it will happen where the government will completely break down to the point where it will no longer be any resemblance of the tool that we created to secure our liberty. It will only be the tool that is used to take our liberties, our life, and our properties away, and it's becoming that pretty quick as we we yeah it is. So, so for the for the listener or the viewer, what makes Ammon tick, um, what makes me tick, um, is part part of history and what we believe. Okay, so you might not believe in this, but this is what makes guys like us tick. It's called the Book of Mormon. Okay, now. There is a book in the book. So if you don't believe this, okay, great. You can turn off the podcast, you can turn off whatever. If you don't believe this, that's fine. But you have to understand this is one of the reasons why we, and you can you can cut me off, Ammon. In the book of Ether, chapter eight, okay, this is an entire nation that came over to America to try and build Zion, to try and do it the right way. But they came, they came to a place where they allowed these things to get above them. And so I'm going to read out of Ether, chapter eight, verse 22. And it says, and whatsoever nation shall uphold such secret combinations to get power and gain until they shall spread over the nation, behold, they shall be destroyed. And then verse 23, wherefore, O ye Gentiles, it is wisdom in God that these things should be shown unto you, thereby you may repent of your sins and suffer that these murderous combinations shall get above you. What do you think, what do you think that means to get above us? Do you think that that these secret and murderous combinations have got above us to the point where, and for the listener, I'm holding my hand up kind of high and then showing my down here, you know, about a foot. It's too high above us to where there's not much we can do at this point, except for expose it. Ammon, do you have a few words on that? Well, I, I believe, you know, that when it talks about them getting above us, I believe they're talking about getting control and corrupting the force of law. Mm -hmm. Because that is the entity that is so strong and so powerful that you can't take it down without a tremendous amount of bloodshed and all of that. And I believe that uh, Mormon is in there is 
warning us not to let them to get above us, but I believe they've are they're already above us. There, there is not going to be no no nation, no people have ever gone this far and allowed the government to ever get this much power over them that has ever corrected it peacefully. Never. So then in verse 24, it says, and this, and I believe this is Moroni speaking, wherefore the Lord commandeth you when you yeah, shall right. see Moroni. these things, when you shall see these things come among you, that you shall awake to a sense of your awful situation because of this secret combination, which shall be among you. And then it says in 25, for it come to pass that whoso buildeth up to seek it to overthrow the freedom of all lands, nations, and countries, and bringeth to pass the destruction of all people, for it is built up by the devil, the father of lies, the same liar who hath caused man to commit murder from the beginning. So this is the warning, you guys. This was a warning, and I think this was like way past. I think we're like, if we're on a timeline in Ether, we're more in like Ether chapter like 11, 12, where things like start to get really bad. And then you got to choose us. You got to pick a side, right? You got to pick whether it's Democrat, Republican, or whatever it is, these, this false choice that everybody thinks they're going to make a decision at the very end when it's too late, because we didn't choose God. We didn't choose Liberty. We didn't choose how to follow the dictates of our own conscience. We can't even, we can't even follow the, the dictates of our own conscience anymore. Well, he tells us what they're after too. They're, they're after our liberty, the freedom agency. So these combinations that are built up to get above us, which I believe is to the, get control of the force of law. What are they after? They're after our liberty. And so if you, are looking in reverse at those who are you're we're being warned about who Moroni is warning us about. You have to look at those who are trying to infringe upon our liberty, and it's clearly these people. There's another interesting chapter uh, that I believe parallels our time in Third Nephi chapter six, and it lists those who of the secret combination among the Nephites at the time who were actually. Uh, taking away the lives of those who were inspired by by God to come and teach and testify. Is that verse twenty one, where they were getting angry? Yeah, and so it's a list of people. It says they were lawyers, judges, and high priests. Mm. So at that time, the the church had collapsed, right? Uh, where the church really was, you know, kind of. Fall, fall apart. And so it was the judges, the lawyers, and the church leaders uh, at the time who had combined together and were actually unlawfully uh, murdering those who were inspired, it says, inspired by God to come and testify against the people. That's right. They were saying these guys that came to testify, these men that were inspired from heaven, they were testifying in the resurrection of Christ. And they did testify boldly of his death and suffering. So basically, these people that were inspired, they were saying, Hey guys, Jesus is the way. God is the way, not government. And they were saying, Repent. You're you're being wicked. It's time to repent. And the lawyers and the judges. And the high priest, the leaders of the church at the time, 
were united, combined together. If you continue to read, they actually combined together. And if you read to the end of that chapter, well, the beginning of the next chapter, they actually destroyed the government. Yeah, that's when they break into tribes and in, in yeah, they went into tribal and three. And then yeah. it's kind of crazy, but guess what happened? They brought in a king. So for, yeah. so so if you're not if you're not familiar with the Book of Mormon, just go grab a copy, go online and go to uh third Nephi, read chapters four through eleven, and look at the times, look at the years and what happened because this is amazing. It's like so in the 21st year, the bad guys came around and they laid siege round about the people, people of Nephi. This is in, uh, this is in ver chapter four, verse 16, where they lay siege round about the people of Nephi and they cut off the people from their, from their lands and they hem them on every side and they cut them off from their outward privileges. Then two, two chapters later in third Nephi chapter six, it says, uh, in verse 14, it says, and thus there became a great inequality in all the land. So Think about that word inequality. So there were some financial problems too. In so much of the church began to be broken up, yeah, in so much in the 30th year. That's pretty trippy if you ask me. <laughs> because it happened in the year 21 and then in the year 30. So Jesus was 21 and then he was 30 years old when this is happening in America. This is why yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. It's so yeah. good. So it, just... Uh, just go look at the timelines if you have if you've never been familiar with the Book of Mormon. But we believe, like Ammon and I, we believe that this the same type of stuff happened in America at the same time Christ was over in Jerusalem on his mortal mission. That's right. And when you read the letter to Lachonius from the leader of the the governor of the that you know band of you know wicked people, uh, you read that letter and you see what they were trying to implement in the land, it was socialism, pure socialism. And uh, I mean, the parallels here are, are very, very, I, I think chilling. it's chilling. Yeah. The same and, years, bro. Like in the year 21, they were cut off. They were, oh my gosh. And then you look at the agendas, the world agendas, agenda 21, agenda 2030. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, so <laughs> I'll tell you something else when, as you you know that uh, because of the the stand we made at the Buddy Ranch in 2014, the federal government threw us in prison for two years. I went through two major trials in Oregon. We we beat them. Uh, we were acquitted on all charges. In Nevada, we beat them, but it took us two years. So we were in prison for two years, never even convicted of even a misdemeanor. But when I began to unravel who was doing this to my family and, and I. I began to look and I looked across the aisle in the courtroom and I saw who was over there and I looked up on the stand and all of that. It was crazy because it was the lawyers, the judges. And then I looked and saw that prosecutors were high priests in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The judges, the chief judges were high priests. Harry Reid, who was pushing all the buttons to make this happen, was a high priest in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The very courthouse that we were prosecuted in in Nevada was named after a high priest of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And then I look at myself, who was a high priest. I look at my lawyers, who were high priests. It was like a battle of the high priests going on. 
And it was judges, lawyers, and those who were high priests. It was the exact same people. See, I'm I'm of the belief that um so I believe in the restoration. I believe I believe we hold the keys in this church. I believe that it's it's true and it's here. But I, I believe that God has sent some of his most obedient choice spirits for liberty. I want you to hear me. For liberty, okay? But I also believe in an opposition in all things, which means it would seem to make sense that God would also send some of his most disobedient in the exact same church. Now, I could be wrong, but it but well, it makes sense to me. There's an op- There must needs be an opposition in all things because some of the most wicked men in politics right now are members of the same church that I belong to. Yep, absolutely. And it has always been that way when... You know, we see that example of in, in the Book of Mormon. Um, we see those who crucified the, our Lord and Savior. Um, they were the church leaders. When you go to Jeremiah, read Jeremiah 20, and you see who who threw Jeremiah in the prisons, into the stocks. You know, read uh, Jeremiah 21, if you 20 verse 1, right there. Read it. Uh, let me go to it really quick. Jeremiah 20. Verse one. So Jeremiah 20. I didn't know this was going to go into this, but this is one of my favorite podcasts so far. Jeremiah 20, verse one, it says, um, now Peshar, the son of, is this it? Yeah, no. that's it. Jeremiah right. 21. Uh-huh, 21. Now Peshur, is that how you say the name? Yeah. The son of Immer, the priest who is also chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. So, that, so he was mad at Jeremiah. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah, he's saying... And keep reading, he's saying, keep reading. Then Peshar smote Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the high that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. And which was a terrible prison. Okay, so let's break this down. So Jeremiah was preaching and testifying what the Lord w- was putting into his heart. And then who who Peshar, who is he? He's the temple president. Wow. And he says, you don't have authority to teach those things. You don't. And he used his power in connection with the government and threw him in prison. It's amazing. And guess who, guess who delivered Jeremiah out of prison? King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon. A wicked king who didn't even believe in God hardly had to come and destroy Jer- uh, Jerusalem and deliver Jeremiah out of the prison. The, the prophet of the Lord. That's amazing. And who put him there? The temple president, the leaders of the church, in conjunction with the state. It's this amazing. has happened Gosh, over and is... over and over again. Well, over here's and the over thing. And over again. So I'm sure you get messages, look just like I get messages, which is what's happening with the church? What's going on with the church? And this is where I try to send people, could be wrong, but there's a cleansing that's happening. Okay, there's a there's a full cleansing that's happening. This is all prophesied. Okay. In Doctrine and Covenants uh 112, verse 23, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, darkness covereth the earth and gross darkness the minds of the people, and all flesh has become corrupt before my face. Behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth. A day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, weeping, mourning, and a lamentation, and as a whirlwind. It shall come upon all the face of the earth, saith the Lord. And up, verse 25, and upon my house shall it begin, and from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. First among those of you, saith the, saith the Lord, 
who have professed to know my name and have not known me and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. And then my two favorite verses, okay, because that's pretty scary, right? Like God's going to clean the inner vessel first. My house first, that's correct. Verse 27, therefore see to it that you trouble not yourselves concerning the affairs of my church. 28, but purify your hearts before me mm. and go into all the world and preach my gospel. So in other words, there is, in my opinion, there is nowhere else to go. This is it. So we, we have to be the change. Yeah. Is that Gandhi? Be the change you wish to see in others. Like we have to be the change. And if you get, you know, some leaders that want to come after you, that's on them. That's not on you. <laughs> yeah. That's on them. Absolutely. I'm not going to let them drive me out of the church. I love the church. I love the gospel. That's right. Uh, Nephi and, and Second Nephi 28 clearly warns, you know, says all is not well in Zion. He warns us, you know, not to, not to, uh, not to act and, and build your faith upon the precepts of men, mm -hmm. but upon the Holy Ghost. That's right. Um, clearly says, he says, all churches in that time, all churches will be corrupted. All, he says, multiple times. And then in 3 Nephi chapter 16, all the way to 20, 21, 22, the Lord tells us what's going to happen to the church. He tells us that the Gentiles are going to reject the fullness of the gospel, that it will be taken away from the Gentiles and given to the house of Israel. And then to the remnant of Jacob, will thrash the Gentiles like a young lion among the lambs and leave their cities desolate. And it'll only be the Gentiles, which is the church right now. It'll only be those, the white man, if you will, I know that, you know, give or take, you know, give me some leniency on that. But it's the, the Gentiles that join will join the house of Israel, the, the remnant of Jacob will be the only ones. And they do that through repentance will be the only ones that will be preserved and allowed to continue on with the blessings of the fullness of the gospel. That is as pure and clean as anybody, I mean, as a doctrine, that, and the Lord brought that to him. In fact, that was his entire message. Remember when he came and taught the Nephites, and then he says, you're too tired to understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come back. Mm -hmm. Well, that was because he had this message to tell when he came back. He said, this is what's going to happen to the Gentiles in the last days. This is what's going to happen to the church. This is what's going to happen to the gospel. And you are going to, meaning the Nephites, those who are left and the Lamanites who are there, your seed is going to inherit the land that the Gentiles came through and built the gospel upon. And the Gentiles are going to reject the gospel. And the gospel is going to be taken from them and given to you along with this land. And then you're going to thrash the Gentiles, meaning the remnant of Jacob or the Nephites and the Lamanites. You're going to thrash the Gentiles like a young lion among the lamb and leave their cities desolate. And then you're going to rebuild their cities. That's what he's saying. So Jesus. we have to repent. The right church now. has to repent. We all need to be repenting immediately that God is the way. That's the one thing that I see. It's like, look, if we are not pointed to Christ and Christ alone, 
there is no, there is no, the church isn't going to save us. There's no church leader from top to bottom that's going to save us. The no. only one that is going to save us is Jesus Christ. And if we do not start speaking that way, if we do not speak, start speaking, have, have you been spiritually born of God? Like if you were to ask a lot of people in our church, like if you were to go and stand at the pulpit and, and say, how many people have been born again? How many hands do you think would go up? I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you something kind of personally. I had, I had some just recently, uh, I had some things I need to repent of, you know, and don't, don't get anybody get any ideas about some terrible thing that I might've done, but. Hey, but Nephi, I said, Nephi said he was a wretched man. So keep going. Yeah. I knew I had to, you know, repent of some things and I did. And the spirit of the Lord came upon me so strong and it just, burned burnt in me again and reminded me how beautiful the spirit is and it remains with me eric i feel that right now and when i pray i feel it and when i you know think about my family i feel it. it is a burning and an understanding and i and i and i needed that through repentance back right and i'm telling you we have to be in this state i have to remain in this state in order to survive what is coming I have to remain clean. I have to have the Spirit cleansing my my soul, guiding me, directing me, and keeping me on the right path, or I will not be able to save me or my family through the times that are coming, because it is going to be rough, and it's going to start with the church. It will start with the church. He's going to clean his house first. Who is and righteous? Even, who who is righteous? Hugh Nibley says, "Who is righteous? Anyone who is repenting, no matter how bad he has been, if he is repenting, he is a righteous man. There is hope for him. And no matter how good he has been all his life, if he is not repenting, he's a wicked man. The difference yeah. is which way you are facing. The man on the top of the stairs facing down, if much is much worse than the man on the bottom step who is facing up. The direction we are facing that is repentance." That is what determines whether we are good or bad. That well, I'll tell you that, you know, having that spirit with you, burning in your heart, giving you that confidence, that knowledge um, is, is so good. And it is what we have to have. And I only give you that example simply for as a desire for people to just repent, you know, I confess. Know. What I, I I got to do that. I'm thinking of a million things. I got to get back in the. I haven't been to the temple in a little while. I got to get. There's so many things I got to do. But for the listener that's somehow stuck with Ammon and I through this, it's kind of taken a turn, <laughs> and I feel like it was supposed to. Um, just just hang on tight and just know that you are a child of God, and know that He is He's He is very aware of all your concerns. I get so. Do you get a lot of messages of people that are members of the church that are like, "What's going on?" Yeah, and it's very interesting when they wake up to the awful situation that mm -hmm. Moroni warned us about in Ether 8. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then they're just, they're kind of flat, floundering in kind of no man's land because they're starting to put it together. And there's no greater knowledge than what we have in the church or available to us. And we're greatly blessed. Uh, we haven't necessarily, uh, as a collective people, been true to that knowledge. Um, but uh, it's always nice when I see somebody else 
you know, see, see and understand that. And I just want, you know, wrapping this up, Eric, just people to know, like, I have seen the Lord work tremendous miracles for my family and I in situations when we're in prison. And I mean, absolute miracles. You know, I've been through ma two major federal trials while I was incarcerated and uh, and been, you know, exonerated, set free. Um, you know, I've had hundreds of guns pointed at me, threatening my life. And I've been in situations that have been, you know, completely in peril where you where you didn't think you were going to be able to get out of them. And I've seen the Lord work their miracles. And, and the Lord is going to work another miracle. I know that. And he's not doing it for me. He's doing it to give people a, a, a more witness of what happens when you stand. That he'll stand with you, right? But you you have to endure through it. It's difficult. You you will cry. Your wife will cry. Your children will cry. The suffering will be tremendous. But if you endure through it, he will preserve you in the end because he is way more powerful than all the others. And so that will happen again. I don't know how it's going to happen. It doesn't matter. It might go all the way to the end. Uh, but. I know he will protect my family and I, and I know that I will remain as a free person. And so, and that people will be able to see it if they want. And so, you know, I want people to pay attention and, and to do their part because the Lord always acts through other people. I don't want people to miss that, but I also don't want you to think that I'm afraid or I'm in despair or, you know, that I'm, hunkering down in my house with my AK-47 because I'm afraid that they're going to arrest me. You know, that's not what's going on. And uh, I am, I love the Lord. I, I know that he will preserve and protect me. And I'm not afraid of these people, even though they have tremendous amount of power. I'm not afraid to stand up to them. And I'm not afraid to call them what they are. And, uh, and I believe that people are going to have to come together and defend each other in order to secure their liberties for the future. I know that. And uh, so it's time to do that. And that's why I organize people's rights. That's why. I so how can they, how can people, get, how can people help? Is there a way anybody listening can help you? I want, no, I want them to go to people's rights and to unite in their own communities how do they and build that? Because they go to peoplesrights.org or they text right state 0123. Because guess what happened? When the sheriff deputies or sheriff and his deputies came to arrest me because of a wicked judge that on a civil case issued a warrant for my arrest, a civil warrant. When they came and knocked on my door, I called and activated the People's Rights Network. And within just a few minutes, people started coming. And they didn't come with their guns. They came with their cameras. And the sheriff's deputies didn't even know what to do. They like just started backing away and then they got in their vehicles and then they left and they haven't been back since. And within a few hours, within just 30 minutes, there was 35 people here. And within a couple hours, there's over 150 people here. We'll, we'll ride around 150 people here. That's amazing. And, and then they started sending the message to the sheriff and everybody else, leave this person alone. This is what's going on. And then we began to pray to the, for the sheriff. And then the sheriff started changing his mind or at least saying, look, there's a lot more going on here than I thought. And I've been pretty much left alone under the protection of the people in my own community because I we had people's rights. 
And each community has to do that, or they will find that their children's taken away because that's what happened. That's how we got baby Cyrus back, through people's rights. Their children will be taken away. They'll be put in prison. Their property will be taken away. Justice will not be found in the courts, in our governments. They will not. And there'll become a time where you have to say no, where you can't give any more in taxes, or you can't give any more in, of your property, <laughs> or you're not going to let your children be taken. Yeah, or you have or to drink homeless. water. You have to have water because they've yeah, cut water. off and they've cut off your yeah. power. And, and it's That's like, exactly. hey, we got to dig a hole in the ground to have water and you're not going to stop us. That's right. And those things are going about the, the ability to do those things are going to be protected by the community, by each other. And but if you don't know and unite with each other, which is what people's rights does, it connects you. It's a network. If you don't do that in some way, you don't do it through people's rights. But if you don't do it in some way, you will be left alone to defend yourself. And that's not going to look good. Amazing. Thank you. We could, we need to have more of these. We need to have more of these podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, we I'm need to do this more. You're an amazing man. I'm. Uh, please pray for Ammon Bundy and his family. Um, they need prayers probably more than anything else. Join the people's rights. And Ammon, God bless you and your family. You too, Eric. I love you, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. you. Love you too.